All right, here we go, here we go. All right, so we are discussing, we are discussing um, how the levels in Gan Eden are not the etzim, right? Eden is the concept of etzim, and the levels in Gan Eden are influenced by the different rays that are coming off of the etzim, and therefore, there are many different levels. That was the basic concept. And then we got to the point that we were saying that uh, since the levels are all coming from an infinite place, therefore, in order to go from one level to the next level, we need, right, we need to, we need to, the neshama has to go and has to, sort of mevatel itself completely to go from one level to the next. And the first example we gave, we're going to give about five different examples of this from a little bit of a different angle. Each time, come Moshe, just sit down over there. Um, is, oh, those are fighting words. Where are we holding? We're holding on page of test. So what we're doing is that we're going to be discussing how in order to, we, we start off by explaining Reb Zeira, and Reb Zeira, how he had to go from, when he went from Babel to Eretz Yisrael to learn the Talmud Yerushalmi, he fasted. And why was he fasted? And he fasted a hundred times in order to, so to speak, forget, obviously not to forget the information, because you're not allowed to forget the information of Torah, but to forget the Derech Alimud, in order to be able to reach a new level. So that was one level of Bittel that we were discussing. Okay, so let's start up again on page Yud Tess. Um, uh, let's start with one, two, three, four lines down. V'kamokane. Yes? When, for example, a person wants to go to a deeper level. Now, what we described so far is going from one derech to a second derech right? From Bavli to Yerushalmi. Now we're talking about things from a bit of a different angle. Here we're talking about going to a, a greater depth. Something that you don't have yet. This is specifically through putting a tremendous amount of effort into. Like it says, I'm putting effort in and I will be able to find. Because when you're learning something, a piece of information that is not so deep, it does not require so much of an effort on the part of the student. Right? He's able to get it. In other words, sometimes you're, you're learning through, let's say, a piece of Gemara, and there's a certain section that, that you, like, you basically get it very, very quickly. And then there are other uh, sections of Gemara that you're like, what did he just say? What was that? And then you start learning Taisus's interpretations of it, and you really are like, whoa, I'm like totally not following the logic here. This is not making sense to me at all. So there are two options. Option number one is you shut the book and just move on to the next limud, or you could push it, push your way through. So what he's talking about here is you want to put your, push your way through. You want to do a little bit of yegia here. You want to put your effort in. Because when you realize, oh, this is mamish a great depth. This is something that is hard to understand. It is a this is a logic that is really beyond me. I like never thought of things in this way before, and therefore. Uh, like I would have never come across this. But you say, no, I want to put my effort in. I want to understand what is Rabbeinu Tam saying over here? What is, what is going on? What is on, what's going on in his mind? So in order to do that, 
first things first, you have to first like sit down and stop yourself. And you have to like really think, like, what is he really saying here? What's the logic here? And as much as you're going to go to a class uh, and the teacher is going to say, well, this is what Tosis means here. This is what Rabbeinu Tom is saying. This is, this is. You're like, what did you say? What was, what was that? And, and you heard the words. It's not that he's speaking in, uh, you know, uh, Hungarian or something like that. You know, it's, it was English. He understood exactly what the rabbi was said to you, exactly what the teacher said. But you have no idea what in the world is he talking about. I, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't, it is going way over my head. Right? So the objective here, what we're saying is that when you recognize that something's going way over your head, the point that that's at that moment is stop a second and let's do a little bit of Yagiyah. Let's try to figure out what is going on. Because what is the Yagiyah really? The Yagiyah really is the purification and the refinement of the Kli of my brain. Refinement. Right? To purify, to clear out, right? So generally speaking, and this is why your generation has it even worse than my generation ever had, because you're busy all day long on on your telephones and and watching all this nonsense, right? So it's like it puts your brain to sleep. So in earlier generations, let's forget about, I mean, I'm I'm not as old as I look, right? Talking about even earlier generations than mine, they didn't have all this stuff. So they, they, they had, their, their whole mindset was on thinking and, and, and understanding and processing and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Our mindset are, is on ADHD mode, you know, that it's just boom, 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 you know, everything is just quick, 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 I want it right now. And, oh, and, 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 and so therefore, there, there is really a very little concept of Yagiya in mind, right, for most people out there in the world today. Most, you know, we expect things to be handed to us on a silver platter and not to put too much Yagiya in, right? Even when we go to class, we really don't want to put too much effort in. We just sort of want to understand, okay, what, what does this mean? No, come on, tell me, just come, just tell me what it means already. You know, you don't want the teacher to, like, leave you hanging or something like that. No, I, I want to know, what does it mean? I don't understand this, come on, can you please just explain it, right? But what he's saying here is that that is a, a weakness in our part. The weakness in our part is that, no, there, there is something to uh, putting in a yagiya, like trying to figure it out yourself. Try to figure out what's going on here. And even if you don't understand, right, and you may, you may read, the, read the subject or you may go to a shear, it doesn't mean you're going to understand it right away. There's a certain element of putting your effort in and putting that yagiya in, and then you'll get it. And that effort is like lifting weights for your brain. It's clarifying, it's cleaning out, right? It's making more refined the mayach in your head, right? The kalim of the mayach, as it calls it here. Because all of a sudden you get used to, okay, let's put the effort in. Let's try to figure out what is it saying here? What is going on? That's why, for example, taking tests is so um, not enjoyable for most people. Because what happens is that, you know, you I basically get it. No, no, but like, uh, what's really the answer to this question? And you get like all oh, frustrated. Oh, I have to really think through now. Like, uh, you know, how many how many points is 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 Tosis bringing out here, right? How many questions are there in Tosis? Oh, you know, I got, I got, I understand the Tosis basically. You know, basically that's one of the key words that we always like to say. Yeah, basically I get it. I get what you're saying. Basically, I get what you're saying means that you don't really get what you're saying. That's basically the point. 
basically. Right? The point being what? The point being when you have to put like an effort in, okay, what is the answer? Like I remember when we were learning for a smicha test, and we understand you have to think through all the different opinions, the shach, the taz, the prima garden, well, like what 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 why are they coming from this angle, this angle, that angle, and trying to remember all the different angles and trying to figure out why is he saying like this, why is he saying like that? And like really breaking our heads to try to get all the angles as opposed to like, you know, just like doing a skimming. Yeah, basically don't, you know, don't do this on Shabbos. <laughs> like why? What? What, what, are, what are the parameters, right? That's what's so great about when, when you really sit down and, and learn in that way. Like you start to think of the parameters. It polishes your brain. So this is a second level. So we have so far, we had the level of, of Zaira. Now we have a level of going from one level of depth to a completely different level of depth that you have to do a yagiyah, like you force yourself to really think, right? Really think, what is the, what is this, uh, what is this Taisu saying? Then he says even further, then he says, amok then you have a different level, a level of a seichel that is even deeper than the first that we were just talking about. That's a very interesting word, right? Like it, it's a it's a word that was used in Daniel, right? Shahu inyan abitl basagaso harishaina, right? Means like this. It's like hishtayimus means like like all of a sudden just taking like a, just totally like blanking out for a moment, like total like you just stop stop in your tracks, like just clearing your mind completely, right? It's like you you, you really got like right now. This I have no idea what's going on here. And you just just stop. And like it's a, it, all of a sudden, like you like clear your mind. You have to totally mevatel yourself at that moment to a level of totally not understanding anything that's going on right now. And you recognize you don't understand. And you just say, "Stop! Clear my mind. Clear all my thought passages. Just like stop completely on a dime. You know, whoa, this is way beyond me." Is the act of doing that, or the state of that being? Well, I'm sure there's a verb for it, and there's a noun to it. It's a confusion. Not really. It's not really a confusion. It's it's more like just a turning off. It's like you totally turn off. Ishtoimus is like just a quiet. You're like like in a quiet state. Like you just totally turn off everything. In order you recognize that I I really do not have the kaleem for this. It's like when you get to that point, it's like you just stop. And what you're really hoping for is is that that. That you're going to, like I've discussed before in, in the Shirim, right? You, everyone has what is known as a, a Kayach HaHayuli, right? Or a Kayach HaMaskil that's in their souls, which is an infinite storage place of information, right? But in order to get there, it's very hard to get there. In other words, every piece of information that you have is either something that you learn from the outside or it's coming deep from within your soul. But how do you get to that infinite point? The only way to get there is like a total, almost like frustration, like total, like you just totally give up. When you are able to totally <coughs> give up, that is like a complete bittle. When that happens, you cause there to be a vacuum. Like for example, um, I give you a sheet of math equations. So what you do with these math equations is you try to apply all the ways that you know how to do math equations, right? From your Bina. Like you're trying to, you, you know how to do this, you know how to do this, and, and then you look at one equation and you try all the different 
ways out in your mind. And you just realize that you really have no idea how to do this. This is like way beyond you. At that moment, there's like a mixture of like a frustration and giving up. Like you just give up. So in that giving up, it's just like a quiet. It's like you're just like totally frustrated. But in that, it's also a complete bittle. Like you just, uh, it's n- there's, you just realize it's not about you. You have no way of doing this. That bittle is all of a sudden an, a, creates a vacuum in your chachma, which causes there to be a lightning strike, a lightning bolt that comes down from your koyachama skill that could fill you up. Like, you know how sometimes when a person is like thinking about something so much and they just really don't have an answer. And then like they'll go to sleep and they'll wake up with an answer. Like where did that answer come from? You know, what happened? You listen to, uh, you know, a shear in your sleep. You know, like where, where did they come from? Uh, or, you know, what is that? Uh, eureka, Eureka. You know, like, uh, what is it? Who is that? That he went into the bathtub and all of a sudden he hopped, uh, you know, the idea of the water displacement or whatever. Right? It's like, it's at a point of just you recognize that it's you cannot figure this out. You give up. That level of bittel is even a greater level of bittel than we had before. Before we were talking about a level of bittel that, right, you realize you don't understand it, but you, you have now yagia. The yagia that you're putting into it is going to bring you to understanding. At a superficial level, you don't understand this Gemara. But with yagia, you can get there. Here, it's like you've done the yagia. You've done all the yagia you could, and still you don't get anywhere. You're still not there. Now it's a level of complete frustration to the point of complete bittle of, bittle of total surrender. With this moment of total surrender, you have the potential to tap into this infinite uh, pool of information that you have in your soul. Is that clear? So that's what he's talking about here. That he's saying over here that this is like a b'seichel amach yoiser, even a deeper seichel. Terech liyos inyan heishtoymimus. It's like you have to totally nullify that original way of thinking. Oh. There is no gilu of or of the seichel at all in your mayach now. That's dafka how you're able to reach a totally new level. Is that clear? So now we've talked about three different things. Number one was this idea of, right, of fasting, right? And then we have, right, this idea of, of, of yigiyah more, right? That even with the, whatever, it's like a total yigiyah. Here we have an idea of total bittal. And now we have even a, a, like this, this idea of the, the concept of a seed, right? In order to, for a seed to be working as a, a a starter, so to speak, of growing a tree, what needs to happen, or growing up any type of plant, is that the seed has to become totally spoiled in the ground. Only after the seed completely spoils is it able to arouse within the ground this kayach that's going to allow the seed to grow into a tree. That's why you could have, right, they recently found, I don't remember, whatever, a couple of decades ago, whatever it is, they found uh, seeds, date seeds, from the times of of uh, of Matsada, right? Of the times of the of, of you know two thousand years ago, whatever it was, eighteen hundred years ago, and they were able to plant them and they were able to grow it. Why? 
because the seed is in nothing. It's a, it's a stone, as long as it's in its normal form. Only after you plant it in the ground does it now start to deteriorate. The, the, I guess the earth works on the seeds in such a way that it causes it to break apart. When it is able to break apart, that's the only time that it's able to start to grow. Otherwise, you could have the same seed for 1,800 years. Nothing's going to happen to it. It's just a rock. Right? So that's what he says here. Like the idea of the deterioration or the spoiling of a seed in the earth. That what has to happen is <coughs> with the seed, it has to become its whole tsura. What's a tsura? Like the shape of it, the form of it. Its whole form, its whole shape has to totally become disintegrated in order for it to work. It can't remain the same. It has to be completely broken for it to work. Only then can you draw down the Then it's able to draw down the kayach of growth to create from nothing to something a whole tree. But as long as that seed is, is, is hanging out in a, in a jar or it's hanging out in a little packet of seeds that you buy in Home Depot, nothing's going to happen. But once you can break through by planting the seed, that the seed actually loses its incomplete form, then it can become an entire uh, orchard, basically. You getting what I'm saying? So this is yet another level of bittel. That as long as it wasn't spoiled, as long as it didn't deteriorate, it's not, nothing's going to happen for 1,800 years. That's incredible. But yet, you could pl- take that seed and now plant it in the ground. All of a sudden, it, it grows into a tree. How could that be? Makes no sense. But it, that's what it is. That's why it says that the Torah is not going to stay, except with someone who kills himself for it. Like it says, a person when he will, so to speak, die. In, I mean, this is a play. This is a play on words, obviously, but. What he's saying here is that it, it's dafka for making such an incredible effort in learning. That's what causes there to be. That's what causes there to be this uh, this upkeep of Torah. more like it says right in the Gemara Shabbos. Any Talmud that his, his lips are not uh, flowing with uh, like more like this idea, this idea of bitterness of 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 of, of, of like it says uh, in in Perkei Avos, right? That he has to be like in a in a state of ema and yira in front of his in front of his teacher, etc. In order to be a kli lekabel, so In other words, the only way which a student can really learn Torah is if he's ready to mavatel himself. If he's asked to go out of his original way of learning, his original way, not learning, but of thinking, like he has to like change. And you see it all the time with regards to Bachram and Yeshiva here, that people that put like this effort into learning, they become like different people. They're, even their faces change. Like my wife always says, oh, wow, this guy, his, his face totally changed. Not just that he has a beard now, right? But his face totally changed because he puts in so much effort into learning, into learning Torah, Right, all of a sudden he becomes like a different Matthias. But as long as he's carrying around his same Matthias that he had before, so he'll never really be able to learn. He never goes out of himself. He has to break through in order to be able to really become like a different person. And that's how he's able to really uh, to able to learn. 
Now that was all with regards to the examples in terms of learning. We have the same concept now we're going to go run through with regards to davening. Because remember, davening is the idea of change. Davening is the idea of how a person moves himself to all of a sudden have a new relationship with Hashem. So a person can't be the same as he was when he started davening. The whole idea is that there should be a complete metamorphosis of the person in order that he should become right a cleave for elokus, And that's what's supposed to happen with davening. That's the way it is with regards to the Elias and Nefesh and Dabani. Tfilah, Tfilah. Like feeling it or just. We're going to go. So the first point that he brings is that a person is supposed to enter into davening in a state of, of, of bitterness or in a state of lowliness. Right, that he has to go into davening in a humble way. Right, there has to be a certain level of humility that he's approaching Hashem with. Right, this is why bichlal, the whole idea of of uh, why, uh, even though it's hard for us, you know, it's, it's certainly hard for me. I can tell you that much. Right, is really the davening begins the night before with Kriyashma Shalamita, or for some people, right, in the olden days, especially in Tikkun Chatzos. Right, that this is the beginning of the day. The beginning of the day starts before you go to sleep or when you wake up for Tikkun Chatzos, for those people that are holy enough to do that, right? That it's, it's like a, a, a situation of, humil- of humbling oneself, recognizing that like all the different things that I am not and that I really wish I would be and that I recognize my position in life, right? The arrogance is the biggest uh, destruction of a person, right? That is the ultimate klipa. So in, in that ultimate klipa, which causes us all different problems, everything ranging from depression to uh, you know, being spoiled to being whatever, right? So the first step in, in the whole process is, is to somehow break through that arrogance, break through that idea of ingratitude or that idea of, of expecting that I deserve, right? That whole concept has to be broken. That's how, you, that's how a person ha- needs to begin the whole process of how to approach Hashem. And, it, and it's hard for us because at the end of the day, our Nefesh of Bahamias is constantly all about, uh, all about my being. It's all about self-preservation and in particular, how to make myself into the biggest yesh I can be. So we have two opposite forces as we've been talking about forever, uh, facing off within ourselves. But the first step in this process, which is a very unnatural step to, uh, for us, is to, to get to a place of humility. To start off, that's how the thing, that's what it says. Which comes before this. That's the beginning of the process, which is totally unnatural. Because our whole mitzvah is all about how to make myself into a bigger yesh. And that's... The whole point of the Nefesh of Bahami is from every angle. It's constantly trying to make me into more of a something. And that's the total polar opposite of where I need to be in order to have a relationship with Hashem. Then he goes further. The whole idea of tefillah is the idea of being close, so to speak, to Hashem. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean close physically, because we are close physically every moment. But it means close in terms of connection in terms of allowing Hashem in my life. As much as I'm going to be with my state of arrogance, my state of 
self, I'm not allowing Hashem in. Right? So that's the opposite of Kirva Hashem. And then he says further, To let my soul shine with the Or Eloki. And I should have a Kiruv and a Dveikas in Elokus. Now, does anyone catch what's going on here? This O means the opposite. So what's the difference between point one and point two? What is he saying? It's very subtle. But he's saying two opposite points here. It's two completely opposite directions. Let's put it this way. It's two different emotions even. No, Hanani, you catching it or not? No, Moshe? No? David? One's like calming yourself down. I don't know what Simon means. Simon means a thirst. One's like calming yourself down and the other one's exciting yourself. No? No, how are we doing the back table? Yosef? No? It's a how like to, to have an excitement, like with a burning, like with the burning fire. Yosef is talking about like admitting that you don't know. So well, the idea of it's dvekus and one's like yeah excitement. Dvekus is like a yearning, like a cleaving, right? The opposite. So he's saying like this. He's saying the first level, the higher nafsha ba'orloki belios bebechinas kiru v'dvekus velokus is the idea of being close to Hashem. That you're really close to Hashem. That that's the feeling that you have. It's coming from a level of ava of, of closeness. Oh, or the opposite. To light up your soul, like with a burning fire of a tzimo'on, a chuka and a tzimo'on, like a thirst, a desire. Now, where does a thirst come from? Distance. What? Distance. Distance, exactly. The idea of that you recognize in yourself that you're really very far away from Hashem. And so, therefore, you feel like the need to come close. Like you recognize that, for example, about Tshuva, that he recognizes that he's so far away. He's done all these bad things with his life, and he realizes that he wants to come closer. He's, he's so far away. Like, and so that causes there to be much more of a flame. Some people like to say it's a difference between like a love like water and a love like fire. Love like water is the idea of a closeness. Like you're close to the person. You know, sometimes you could say that like a, like a, a relationship with a parent, for example. There's a certain level of closeness that's there. But it's, not, it's not an exciting love, right? But it's a deep love, right? It's so deep that it's, you know, sometimes even covered over. You don't even recognize how much you love your parent. Then on the other hand, you have a love like fire, which is this love like that, this burning desire because you feel like you're far away and you want to you make up for it. You want to change that. You want to grow. You want to you know, do something different, right? Make a about face, so to speak. It's a totally different style. Yeah? So each of these different levels that we're going to be discussing is an idea of how to nullify, right, the state that you're in originally in order to grow and to be, reach a different state. So we're seeing not only uh, is it a, a, a case of what's happening in, in Nishamas and Gan Eden, 
But we see similar ideas both with regards to learning Torah now we said, also with regards now we started this discussion on tefillah, and that's, that's where we're going to be going from here. Okay? All right, so let's stop here for today. Please do Chazara now.